Welcome to Jedi <laughs> it's, it's a very refined <laughs> season. Good way to come back. That is good. It's it's so ironic that it's almost like serious. <laughs> Welcome to Generation Podcast, where we have real conversations about how God is working in this generation. My name is Josh Mann, and joining me today are we are we doing this or yeah, keep going. <laughs> I feel so like dainty. Wait, do like, you want the old song? A refined gentleman. All right, let's, we'll let's... The old song. Ah, my name's Josh Mann, and joining me today, I like the old song. I miss the old song. <laughs> are we? Are we? Are we, are we, are we live? Okay, great. Joining me today is uh, Sammy Haywood, as normal. Hey, hey, Sammy. How are you? Good, going well. You got a, a bit of a, a gold chain, a bit of bling happening today. Yeah, I know. Uh, a buddy of mine got me a gold chain for my birthday, and I thought, you know what? I like it. Nice. I don't care what the people think. Cool. <laughs> cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then in the studio for the very, very first I'm, I'm time, I'm back at my shirt now. Is <laughs> is Daniel McGowan? Thank you for having me. Wow, Basie, you have a good voice. He does have a great voice and a good face for radio as well. So, uh, <laughs> oh, you savage. <laughs> um, so, how are you? How are, how are you, Davey? His name is <laughs> Daniel, but you'll probably hear me. Call him Davy. Why is your nickname Davy? Uh, my Year Nine PE teacher decided that was a good name for me, and it just stuck. Year Nine boys. That's so good. Yeah. Good. Wow. Speaking of Year Nine boys, Josh and I had a little chat with the the Year Nine boys the other day we at, did. at school, and the girls, the whole and grade, the, and the girls. Yeah. Yeah. Well, year Nines. What was, what was the topic? Uh, we talked about um, sex, porn, and masturbation. Yes. And everyone had a good laugh. Exactly. And then I, <laughs> I, I had to yell at them for. Honestly, okay, I haven't I haven't talked to you guys about this. Josh put the fear of God in me, and he was talking to the kids. Yeah, yeah. Well, sometimes you got to do it. Sometimes you got to yeah, do yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, you can't always be Mr. Nice Guy. But it's not about. We're not talk- here to talk about the sex seminar that Sam did at my school. <laughs> uh, we're here to talk about the brand new season, season three of the Generation Podcast. Drum roll, please. <laughs> It is called Recalibrate. Recalibrate. Now, we are we are so excited for this season because we feel that God is calling us to call the church as a whole and particularly our community and our church, our, our hearts, mm. back to Him, to recalibrate our hearts back to Jesus. And, you know, it's coming at a time where... Everyone is just a bit unsure. Obviously, COVID's been happening for the best part of, you know, five to six months. We've been away from church. We've been away from the community. And over the last couple of weeks, Sammy, you've been chatting to our young adults, uh, small groups and small group leaders. Yeah. What, what have you found that is the, the you know, the, the key thing, the key string that is happening in, in each of these groups? Yeah, there's, um, I think COVID has been what people have called a shaking you know, and uh, people kind of said that going into this year that God was going to shake up the church. And we didn't really know how he was going to do that. But now it's apparent, right? Yeah. And I was thinking about shaking this morning. And um, what happens when you shake something is things that are not um, attached properly fall off, right? Mm. So if you think about like putting something, something through a sieve, like maybe some flour, you shake it, right? Mm. And then the the good flour comes through and then the clumps stay on the top. And so when you're shaking, shaking is really a separation of of things that are already homogenized, right? And that's what we've seen in the church right now. It's very interesting because 
every single person has been shaken and feels rattled. Yeah. And it's been polarizing in the sense that for some people who have been shaken, sin has fallen off, right? Yeah. Shaken and sin has fallen off and people have gone, you know what? There's a whole bunch of stuff in my life that I don't like because the Holy Spirit is convicting me. And this shaking has meant that the things that are not of God and the things in me that don't pursue God are falling away. And honestly, some people have said this has been the most incredible season yep. of intimacy with the Lord yep. they in have, their whole life. They haven't had to rely on any past. They haven't had to rely no. on anyone. It's just themselves and the, the Lord. word of God yep. and his Holy Spirit. Yeah. And and the word of God and the Holy Spirit has said to people, there are some things that I want to shake off. At the same time, there have been people that have had the same shaking of the Holy Spirit. And yet what has fallen off is not sin, but it's actually fake Christianity. Hmm. For, for a lot of people, the things that have fallen off of them are actually their intimacy with Jesus, their relationship with the Lord, their pursuit of the Lord. And what has remained is sin. It, the interesting thing is the shaking has been the same, but that which is inauthentic to um, who we are has fallen off, which is interesting. And that's why I say it's been a separation. Yeah. So it's almost like it's been... The, the situation we're in has it's sort of been polarizing. It's two yeah. extremes. Yeah. People are either thriving in the faith, uh-huh. they're thriving in their relationship, or they're kind of dying mm-hmm. and sort of you know, whittling away and, you know, because they don't have that community. Dave, you, you, you lead a small group. Yep. How do you see the, how have you seen this play out in the last you know, five or so months? Yeah, it's been pretty interesting. I've led a group of young men and they're all – like you think of them, I'm thinking of like their prayer points week yeah. in, week out, and you do see this real hunger for God, this real desire. You know, it's not just I want to read my Bible more. It's this desire I want more of the Father. Yeah, well. Um, and that's not all of them. Um, you know, I'm sure sometimes people just say what other people are saying. Yeah. Uh, but I can only speak for my group, but there are, you know, it's not me. Yeah. It's just God working in their hearts and then either I remember what it was and I want that. Mm. Or I want more. Um, yeah. So it's been encouraging, uh, but hard. Yeah. yeah. But you've just seen this, in my group, this desire for Christ, this yeah. desire mm. for more of him, whether that's because I'm looking around and I can't feel him or see him mm. or, or what's he doing, I don't get it, or it's it's good, but I want it to be even more. I want mm. more yeah, of well, Christ. Mm. That's awesome. But if you think about, like I was thinking about the other day, when if I would when I was 18 or 19, if I didn't have church, yeah. if I didn't have my small group that I could go to every week, which which we do, but you know, if I didn't have that accountability around me when I was young in my faith, mm-hmm. it would have been so tough. Like it's yeah. tough for me now. Yeah. And I've, you know, matured in my faith since then. But if we think of you know, brand new Christians to um, to, the, to the faith, if they just, be, if they, um, committed their life to Christ just before COVID mm-hmm. and then we went into lockdown and we d- they don't have the accountability, mm-hmm. it's really hard. Yeah. It would have been really hard for them to grow their faith because discipleship has actually dropped a little bit because we mm. can't meet together. Mm. Um, and so I think that's where there's a lot of those people, a lot of people in that in that boat where they're like, I, I want to pursue Christ. I yeah. want to be intimate with Christ, but I don't have church. I don't have my Bawasa leader. I can't meet. I can't go to youth, so how do I do it? Yeah, it's interesting because um, one of the things that I've seen 
that the, the last few months has been is really a, a season of wilderness, you know, and that's like a, a spiritual concept that talks about seasons of time um, where the Holy Spirit leads you into a dry and desolate wasteland. Yeah. You know, he, he did it for a lot of different people, even Jesus, you know, before um, Jesus' public ministry and straight after his baptism, Holy Spirit, bam, straight into the wilderness. Um, one of the things that I've recognized is that this season is a wilderness in the sense that the Holy Spirit has led us out to a place where there is not a lot happening. You know, it's a place where there's, I mean, think about a desert. There's no water. There's no food. There's no, there's nothing to do. There's just rolling hills. And it's a place where you feel thirsty. And it's a place where God tests the faith of his people. And it's a testing, not in a sense you pass or you fail. It's a testing in the sense of when you test gold, it becomes purified, right? So one of the things that I think people feel right now is that I'm very thirsty. Yeah. Like I'm very hungry and I need to quench my thirst and I need to eat something because my soul as Davy was talking to us about before in Psalm 42, as the deer pants for water, so my soul pants for you. Yeah. But some people know that their soul is thirsty, but they don't know that it's thirsty for Jesus. Some do. Now, one of the things that I have recognized about these this season of wilderness is that have have you guys ever been out to the desert before, like out to Outback Australia? Yeah. Yep. Have you? <laughs> I don't, I don't, Benny, I don't. Benny's got a mouthful of food. I think he said yes. <laughs> Did you say yes? He said yes. It's going to turn into ASMR very quickly <laughs> if he turns his mic on. It's lunchtime. <laughs> yeah. It's lunchtime out here in the studio. Um, Yes. Name your favourite Disney soundtrack. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> what song is this one from? Is this Lion King? No, no, it is get not. in your car and drive back. <laughs> David. No idea. Frozen. Listen to the lyrics. Frozen. A star is born. That one with Lady Gaga? No. Is it Coco? No. <laughs> what is it? We're in the 80s. Oh. Did you say Disney? Oh. I don't know. But Becca's probably going to divorce me because I didn't know the answer yeah, to it's this. Hercules. Oh. oh. It's a real vibe. Yeah. Oh, how good is it? It's good. Oh. You think I scripted that? <laughs> uh, we've got a good new game for us. Nice. Um, it's going to be called... Just who, who won the last season? Josh did. No, you <laughs> fake one. Genuinely, you Stephen Bradbury yeah, one. Like next point wins kind of set up. It was great. Like um, every good P lesson. Yeah. We're going to go a new game. Are you going to... Should we let Davey play? Yeah, we'll let you play. Yeah. Okay. okay. It is going to be celebrity Instagram followers challenge. All right. Okay. So I will give you a celebrity or an Instagram account or just an Instagram account. Yep. You have to tell me how many followers Text in or just say? Uh, just say. Yes. And closest without going over. Yep. All right. Great. Copy that? Yep. 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 All right, we're going to kick off with... Is it just one or... No, I'm going to go best Bet. of three. Yeah. What if we all win one? So, state of origin rules. Yeah, great. Yeah, because yeah, um, I don't know what that sport. is. Sport! Yeah. <laughs> so good. Okay, the first one is the man, the myth, the legend, dog behaviorist, animal lover, Caesar Milan. 
don't know who that is. You don't know who Caesar Milan is. Caesar Milan. The dog guy. Well, you're going to have to guess because it's sad. It's okay, Caesar okay. Milan. Um, His bio, Instagram bio says dog behaviorist, animal lover. Yeah. English yeah. is my second yeah. language. 526,000. Okay, Josh. Uh, thank you. Dan. David. 620,000. Sam. 1.2 million. Sam wins 1.8 million. Oh, well done. Spam didn't even know the guy. Love that. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. You're kidding. Yeah, 1.8. He's a big deal. You don't know him. Wow. No, no, he's no, I do. Dog so is he whisper to dogs? Yeah, he's really good with dogs. I understand how he has 1.8 million. He's, he's good with dogs. It's quite yeah. interesting. It's yeah, 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 yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Our next one is the great food chain just recently opened up in Blacktown, I believe. Taco Bell. Ooh. How many Instagram followers does Taco Bell have? Oh, wow. I reckon it's in the millions. Let's go reverse it's order. Gotta Sam, be. would you like to? It's got to be in the millions. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna go for three million. Three million. It's high. David, it's very high. Two point two mil. No, 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 no. You sure? No, no, no. One point nine million. Okay, you're all over. What? Over. All oh, out. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. What is it? One point four. Ah, that's no points. So anyway. Sam still. So if Sam gets this, he wins. Well, well actually. Unless one of you get it, then I'll we'll get another. We'll do it. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, right. the next one is Daniel McGowan, <laughs> not the one in the room. The two-time Muay Thai world champion, <laughs> yeah. Daniel McGowan, oh, really? out of Bad Company Gym. <laughs> Could be the person in the room. I think. Have a really good think. Hold on. I think he's uh fifty-six kilos. Like is he, is he a world champion at, at anything? Oh, two-time. De- definitely not. Two-time, two-time, two-time Muay Thai. Muay Thai. Muay Thai, okay. Not, not a big big following in that sport. No. This um, is more... You watch this, don't you? Do you watch UFC? Have I made that up? I, I watched it like at a pub once with a mate and I was kind of uncomfortable how violent it was. But <laughs> Yeah, it is. Yeah, I agree. Anyway. Uh, um, I'm going to go. Davey first. Davey, you, okay. as, as your namesake, how many followers does he have? Uh, 1.5. Million. 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 Are you it's crazy? You, you, he has a lot of followers in time. You have maybe. got rocks. So the two-time Muay Thai world <laughs> you champion are founding, fighting out of bad company gym. <laughs> you have got rocks in He's your got head. 858 posts. Okay. Okay. He's only got, he has only got uh, 2,671 followers. 2,671. 2761. 2761. Right. I'm feeling it. I'm going 54,000. 13.9,000. Sam wins. <laughs> no, he went over. Ba, ba, he went over. No, he didn't. <coughs> what did you what s- did you say? 15. Oh, they said five. He said 15. No, no, I said 50. Oh, yeah. you lose. I win. Josh wins. Ah, oh, right. One all. Oh, no. Okay, we've got to decide. Quick. Quick. Google someone. All right, all right. <laughs> That's all right, go on. All right, this one. The star of Brooklyn Nine-Nine, Terry Crews. Yeah, oh, it's good, yes. good, good, good. Josh, good. Go okay, Terry Crews has got 1.3 million. Dan. 900,000. 2.4 mil. 6.9 mil. Sandwich. Oh! <laughs> 6.9 Dang, million. America's got talent. Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Let's go, Terry. Chicks, my mate. man. He's my boy. Very famous. Wow. Sammy wins that. I'm rolling in with Terry yeah, on Congratulations, Sam. Well hey, I'm used to winning this game. So. Good job. <laughs> You'll probably win three in a row and then we'll do and the next one. Josh will take it out. Yeah. Just clutch, Thanks just for clutch, playing, Davey. Uh, Thanks for having me. So in the desert, one of the things that amazes me the most, and I think one of the things that draws people to the desert is nighttime. And when you look up yeah. at nighttime in the desert, you see the cosmos in a way that you can't see it 
in the city. Like out here in the city where we live, if you look up at night and where I live, it's a little bit kind of like the country. You can see some stars and some satellites. But when you go out into the desert, the city smog has gone. Mm. The light pollution has gone. And so when you look up, you see entire cosmos. You see like strips and ribbons of blue and purple and you can see entire constellations and it's so beautiful. And that's an amazing metaphor for what the Lord has invited his people into in this mm. season. A St- lot of stripping away stripping things, stripping yeah. away distractions yep. so that we have an invitation from God to look up. Yep. And I think here's here's the reality. The wilderness is beautiful if you look up. Yeah. If you're looking at the the desert, it's boring and it's dry. But if you look up, it's beautiful. I think that's why this season is polarizing because the del- the desert is polarizing. To some it's beautiful, to others it's desolate. And to me, this season has been the most incredible season of intimacy with God in my entire life. I have never been this corrected by God. He has literally like undone me to the point where there have been weeks where every night I was just weeping before the Lord in repentance because I was so convicted and under the fear of the Lord reading his word and you, would you say that's because like in Colossians, you're setting your heart, you're yeah. lifting your gaze, you're setting your mind on Christ yeah. instead of like using your del- uh, desert analogy, instead yeah. of looking down around, you're looking up yeah. at yeah. him. Yeah. Because again, if if we think about the the worldly situation that we're in right now in COVID-19, we we look around and there is there is suffering going everywhere. Mm-hmm. There's people losing their jobs. There's you know all these political arguments happening. It's crazy. And if we if we focus on that and we fix our eyes and our gaze on that, obviously our heart is going to be confused. Our heart is going to just mm-hmm. reach to, for anything to for to make us feel comfortable, mm-hmm. to make us feel fulfilled. Mm-hmm. But what we need to do, and what I think you're saying, Sam, is we need to step back and we just look up. Mm-hmm. And step back and you know get away from all the noise that's happening in the public eye at the moment, mm-hmm. and look up, and see the wonder that is Jesus. Yeah, and pursue as we looked at last season intimacy with Him. Yeah, and as you said, like you're saying, this season of COVID has been such an amazing time of intimacy for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I was honest, you know, I think the last sort of five or so months, I, I haven't grown as much as I'd like. Mm-hmm. I think my um, personal relationship with Jesus has sort of been a bit stagnant at the moment. And that mm-hmm. was because, as you, exactly what you said, I think I was focusing too much on the current situation that we're in rather than looking beyond that and focusing on Jesus. Yeah, I was thinking too much about my work and my job and the, the students I have to take care of and filling my life with all these things that I've neglected to grow in my relationship. Do you feel like it's kind of on pause? Yeah, Don't you feel like your face on pause. Hundred percent. Everything else is kind of on pause. Hundred percent. And it's it's exact. It's the mentality I went into COVID with. Mm-hmm. It's the mentality I have now. Is that let's just wait until it's over. Mm-hmm. You know, COVID's here, but let's just let's just wait, mm-hmm. and I can I can hold out until it's over. Then when it's over, everything's gonna be fine, and my faith is gonna be am- amazing. Mm. But it's 
that's not the case because we don't know when it's going to end. Yeah. Um, and I think we literally said this last in our last season in the podcast is let's not wait for it to be over. Let's grow our relationship with Christ now. Yeah. But I still am feeling a little stagnant, you know, and so that is where we find ourselves at. There's going to be people who are thriving, but there's always going to be also going to be people who are just stagnant or even they're, they're dying, they're falling mm. away mm. because they don't have that community around them. Mm. And so this is why this season is so, so important. We're calling for a massive recalibration of everyone's heart, mm-hmm. of my heart, of Davey's heart, of Sam's heart, of Ben's heart, Any, everyone and anyone's heart. We need to recalibrate that mm. back to the Word of God. Mm-hmm. And Sam, you were sharing just last week about something that has really convicted you and <laughs> The fear, literally the fear of God mm. has just been absolutely convicting you over this. Do mm. you want to elaborate <laughs> on the gospel and the seriousness mm. of the gospel and why mm. this recalibration mm. is so important? Yeah, I do. I think um, there's a little bit of context behind this as well that I didn't really have time to share with you guys as our, as our team last week. But uh, this actually came from a place of deep conviction for me. Um, in my relationship with Jesus. And it actually had to do with idolatry. Um, So to give you the backstory, when we started COVID, as I said, it was clear this was going to be a season of shaking for the church. And I was excited about that because in in my pride, I was like, the church needs a good shaking, Lord. Like, (laughs) you know, we've been talking about this for a while. I'm ready, you know. And then... um, a few weeks went by into COVID and lockdown and then I was just seeking the Lord. And he said to me, Sam, you do realize that you are a part of the church, right? And what he meant to me when he said that was, if I'm going to shake up the church, you don't get to get out of that, you know, you don't get a pass. pass. (laughs) He was like, I'm going to shake you up more than I'm shaking up anybody else. And, uh, you know, I was like, okay, Lord, that, that makes sense. I'm in, what do you, what do you want to do in me? And he said, and it kind of surprised me. He said, Sam, two things. You still idolize success and you also idolize marriage. And I want to deal with those two things, particularly in this season. And he started with one and then moved to the other, which was God's grace. He didn't do them both at once, but (laughs) the success thing is what I want to talk about. So we talked about success. I never realized why I idolized success. I knew that I did, but I didn't know why I did. Anyway, so I had this, you know, really sought the Lord, realized that I idolized success because I had this deep brokenness that made me feel insignificant as a person. And I, success was the idol that I chose to give me significance, right? So anyway, um, worked through this idol of success with Jesus and it honestly terrified me because I realized that so much of what I did was driven by success and not worship for Jesus. And I just had this awareness that so much of what I did was going to be rebuked by Jesus because of my bad motivations. And I just had these encounters with Jesus where I was like, I'm doing this for the wrong reason. That's not okay. You were doing amazing things. Sure. They were great things. They were things, you know, preaching absolute killer sermons. You were, you know, leading a whole ministry. Right. Yet motives to we're not there yeah to get significance yeah. and anyway so 
I actually got to the point, and I won't go all the way there, but let me just say the fear of God came on my life and I questioned my own salvation. I was like, I am so poorly motivated that I don't even know if anything in me genuinely loves Jesus in a pure way. Mm. And um, I repented like crazy and it, it terrified me because I was like, I can't, I can't fix this. So much of me is broken and I'm terrified. And um, so I repented for real this time. And I've shared stories about repenting before and I, I genuinely did. But this time it was like a salvation thing. And anyway, so God dismantled that idol for the first time. And here's what happened. I had no motivation. I, I was not motivated anymore. I was like, oh, I don't ever have to preach again. If our ministry never does anything cool, I don't care. I just want the Lord. I just want Jesus. And then that, that was honestly peace. Just peace flooded my soul. And um, I felt free for the first time in my life. But at the same time, I got kind of scared because I was like, hang on. Obviously, I'm not motivated because so much of my motivation was driven by success. Um, but now I'm not motivated, but I still have this calling. What am I going to do? I can't be not motivated. And then I realized I was like, oh, this is how it works. Okay, God, you have to give me your motivation. You have to motivate me for what motivates you. You have to draw me into intimacy with you so that I love what you love. Mm -hmm. And I know that you love people. I was like, Jesus, my ministry from this point forward has to be motivated by love. And I just realized any motivation that isn't love is not good <clears throat> in ministry, particularly. Anyway, so it went for about a month. God just let me stew. And then he just hit me. He just started to reveal to me the reality of heaven and hell. He started to show me in the scriptures and show me through books and, and just in prayer the reality that heaven is real and it's more beautiful than we could ever possibly imagine. And it goes on forever. And hell is more terrifying than we could ever possibly imagine. And people are not going to want to be there when they're there. No. They're going to want to get out. And then Jesus said to me, Sam, there is a real judgment coming. And this is what terrified me. He said, Sam, there are so many people that you lead that think they're going to heaven that aren't because they don't know me. They think they do, but they don't. Mm. And that honestly put the fear of God in me. And at the same time, he put his compassion or a, not all of it for sure, but a portion of his compassion for those people in me. And now I just have this crazy evangelistic fire mm. to recalibrate the people of God and say, you know, you're hungry, but there are some things about Christianity that we missed and we messed up, you know, in the sense of how we preach the gospel. Yeah. So that's kind of what we, yeah, wow. That's the backstory, yeah. but like, that's kind of what we want to talk yeah. a little bit about. And that's the thing. And there's going to be so many people who listen to this, um, podcast and who listen to this episode in particular who who are confused right now yeah and maybe we'll be confused for the next sort of five ten minutes <laughs> but please 
like stick with us because this is an important message to hear. We need to understand the reality of the fact that there is a amazing, you know, thing that awaits us in heaven. Mm. Yet not all people who claim to be Christians will be there. Yeah, and that is scary. For me, that is scary. For everyone listening, that probably should you know stir something mm, inside mm, you because mm. we need to understand. Okay, well, how then? How then do I make sure mm. that I attain that glory? Let me give you a verse because what we're talking about is grounded in, in a lot yes, of scripture. It needs to be. Let me give you a passage. This is the one I'm going to use the word haunted. Like this gave me a holy haunting. Did you dream like nightmares and stuff about it? <laughs> Almost. So it's Matthew 7.21. Disregard that. Matthew, <laughs> Matthew 7.21 says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. Okay, this is why this passage haunts me because what's going on in this passage is Jesus is saying, there are going to be people who on the judgment day walk up when their name is called and they're going to say, Lord, Lord, mm. as in, hey, Jesus, how are you? And he's going to say to them, I don't know you, yeah. right? And they're going to say, but Jesus, didn't we serve yeah. in ministry? That's, that's- didn't Wasn't I on the band? Wasn't I the guy that led the small groups? What the heck are you talking about? And Jesus is going to say these words to them. Son, you didn't know me. I didn't know you. People ask me this question all the time. How do, how do I know that someone's a Christian? How do I know that I'm a Christian? Or they'll say, how do I know if Catholics are saved? Questions like that. This is what it comes down to. Whether or not you know Jesus. Okay? This is why that verse terrifies me. Because no one in the church thinks they're that person. Yeah. Yeah. None, none of the Pharisees thought they were that person. None of the Pharisees thought. Yeah. No no one sitting in church who calls themselves a Christian, who calls Jesus Lord, thinks they're the person yeah. that's going to be turned yeah. away. Immediately they think of their non-Christian friends. They think of their non-Christian friends or they think of the person that they're judging yeah. mm-hmm. and that they don't have forgiveness for, <laughs> which Jesus says, if you don't forgive people, you're going to hell. Like, <laughs> like so no, this is yeah. terrifying me, yes. man. Yeah. And here's the thing. People are going to get pissed at me for saying this stuff, but I would rather people get pissed at me than get surprised yes. by yep. Jesus on that day. Yeah, 100%. Right? Now, we have 25 Bible passages that talk about this exact thing. We don't have time to go through them all. I don't know. I'm not sure how many you want to go through, but honestly, when we read these scriptures just to our team the other day, the fear of God fell on our meeting. And one person, I'm not going to say who it was in our team, wept for days, Mm. for days in repentance. And this is what they said to me. They said, Sam, it was as if I was asleep and my eyes were opened and I saw what I was doing and I saw how ridiculous it was and I wanted nothing more 
than to come into repentance and obedience and delight and relationship yeah. with the Lord. You know, and that's the language that people have used to describe revivals, awakenings. There are these moments in church history where the people of God have their eyes opened and they go, what the heck have we been doing? Yeah. Playing church games. Yeah. They look to Jesus for restoration instead of the things that they can do. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to do you want to read us you know two or three key verses? Yeah. Um, yes. And so that we can listen and just see and hear the word of God wash over us. Yeah. Just for, for just for the next Absolutely. little bit. Absolutely. So, um, and there there will be a little bit of connection to these verses too. They're not super random. So, what's what's really interesting is Jesus says these words, "I never knew you." Right. So we know that that's what it means to be a Christian, knowing Jesus. Right. Now. People will then ask the question, how do I know that I know him? (laughs) And that's the type of assurance that we want. Luckily, if we read the word of God, which is what we recalibrate to, that's our North Star, that's what we're recalibrating to, um, talks about that. It says in 1 John 2, 3, we know that we have come to know him if we keep his commandments. Whoever says, I know him, but does not do what he commands is a liar. And the truth is not in that person. But if anyone obeys his word, love for God is truly made complete in them. This is how we know we are in him. Whoever claims to live in him must live as Jesus lived. Right? That goes back to Matthew 7, where he says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father in heaven. Mm. Okay, now hear me. This is not legalism. Legalism is I can't do enough things. Um, well, I mean, the gospel is you can never do enough things to be saved. Legalism is I need to do enough to be a good person yeah. to be right with God. What this passage is saying is, and I think this is why the Bible confuses some people because there's this tension of grace and works. What the Bible says is, if you know Jesus and if you love Jesus, you will delightfully obey his commandments. Mm. Of course, of course, all of us love people. How could you love someone and willingly hurt them yep. and disobey them? The proof that you love them is when is in your obedience to them, right? So that's all that the Bible is saying. It's saying, well, how do you know that you know if you delight in being obedient to Jesus? Yeah. Okay, there's, there's a couple more verses. I mean, the um, chapter, same, same chapter, verse 15 says, Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, love for the Father is not in them. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, comes not from the Father but from the world. The world and its desires pass away. But whoever does the will of God lives forever. Okay, now this kind of begs the question. Well, then what does it mean to be a Christian? Because I thought that when I put my hand up at youth camp when I was 16, that that was me one and done and I could never lose my salvation. Let me ask you the question, who told you that? The Bible doesn't say that. I mean, that's why I'm so terrified right now. And I feel like I have to take responsibility as an evangelist for telling people, if you stick your hand up and say, say a prayer, then 
you can just go and sit and do whatever you want. And one day Jesus is going to high five you and invite you into heaven. Yeah. Like that's actually false teaching because the Bible says in Revelation 3, the one who conquers will be clothed thus in white garments. And get this, I will never blot his name out from the book of life. You can't blot something out unless it's already been written in, right? Sure. So your name is written in the book of life. When you come to Jesus, you know, salvation is by grace and faith alone, not by works, right? That's true. You come to Jesus. He cleanses you from all of your sin. But if you reject Jesus through being disobedient to him, the Bible says you're trampling on grace. I mean, that's what Hebrews says. Um, It says... It's impossible in Hebrews 6 for those who have once been enlightened. So this is describing Christians, right? If anything describes Christians, it's what I'm about to write. (laughs) It is impossible for those who have once been enlightened, who have tasted the heavenly gift, who have shared in the Holy Spirit, who have tasted the goodness of the word of God and the powers of the coming age and have fallen away to be brought back to repentance. To their loss, they're crucifying the Son of God all over again and subjecting him to public disgrace. Here's why that terrifies me. Because the imagery of that verse is saying, when you became a Christian, your sins were nailed to the cross with Jesus. How could you go to the cross, pick them back up and say, I want this? It's ridiculous. It's crazy. It's actually offensive to Jesus and the Holy Spirit. So this is the stuff that's terrifying me yeah. because I know there are Christians right now that are using grace as a license to sin without knowing that they're rejecting Jesus. Yeah. And in doing that. And we have done that in the past. Yeah. All three all four of us here have done that in the past. Totally. And maybe there's some areas of life of our life that we're still doing that. Mm-hmm where we know we shouldn't be, we know the call of God in our lives, yet we think about grace in such a way that, as you said, we use it as a license to do those things. Yeah, I mean, Hebrews 10 says exactly that. It says, if we deliberately keep on sinning after we've received the knowledge of the truth, no sacrifice for sins is left, but only a fearful expectation of judgment and of raging fire that will consume the enemies of God. Now, there's a difference between deliberately continuing in sin and hating sin and repenting when you do it. There's a big difference in those two things. Using your example from before about yeah. how God rebuked you mm. in your sin, how would that align with what you're saying now from Hebrews? Yeah. So I think there was um, there have been several things that I have been convicted in in the past and then just been kind of okay with it not taken it that seriously said it's okay like i'll work on it but i kind of like it and the grace of god covers me anyway yeah it's like we hear a really good sermon like oh how good's that point we discuss it with our mates like oh this is so good this is so good yeah it's gonna change my life and then you'd be like yeah the lord's been really dealing with me and you know um you change for a month. And you change yeah. for a month. But it's not driven by the fear of the Lord. Like, th- I think the difference is for me, because I, I had been there before, man. Like, I had been addicted to porn for however long. And 
you know, was in a whole bunch of sexual sin and my heart was callous towards the Lord and I never really repented. I felt guilty and guilt drove me to try and change my behavior, but it was never driven by fear of the Lord until there was a moment where I was like, what the heck am I doing? This is until the Holy Spirit convicted until the Holy Spirit convicted me. And then he enabled me by grace to overcome Yep. Because that's what we can do because we have the Holy Spirit. Exactly. But the thing is, like to answer your question, when when God said to me, Sam, you still idolize sin, if in that moment I sorry, idolize success, if in that moment I had gone, Okay, Lord, I'll work on it, then I would have continued to idolize success and ceased worshiping Jesus. And I would have rejected Jesus. But Instead, the fear of God came on me and I thought, if I keep doing this, I'm rejecting Jesus. I'm quenching the Holy Spirit. Mm. I can't do that. I have to repent. Now, does the idol of success still tempt me? Are there still moments where I fall into that? Yes, but I hate it with every fiber of my being. When it happens, you repent. And you turn yes. away from it. Like in a serious way, yeah. you know. And th- and that's the thing. What we're saying is not just behavior modification. No. It is not legalism. When do Please do not listen to this and, and think we're saying you need to do these things to get to heaven. Yeah. No, 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 no. What, we're, what the answer is, is intimacy with Christ. That's the answer. Is intimacy with Jesus. And we had a whole season about that. Listen to our season two and, you know, Pursue intimacy because if you are truly intimate with the Father, Mm -hmm. if you know him as your heavenly Father and you are in an intimate relationship, Mm -hmm. you will want to serve him and please him. Yeah. And that is the antidote. I'm so glad that you said that because this doesn't work without love for Jesus. Yes. Because I think that's the thing that changed for me. Like when I just got into this place of deep communion with the Lord, I suddenly hated sin because I saw what it was. It was hurting the one that I loved. And I think that's why all of his passages say, if you keep sinning deliberately, the most logical conclusion is you don't love God. And that's the thing. When Jesus says, I never knew you. Yeah. Because there was no intimacy. And the word new is intimacy. Yes. Like it's that new, it's new in the sense of like when it says in the Bible about intimate relations. You know, when it says, you know, Abraham knew Sarah and she became yeah. pregnant. It's that word, yeah. which is a word that is intimate relationship. Yeah. It's not, I know about, it's intimate. Yeah, because if you, if you have an intimate relationship with Christ, you will want to serve him and to please him. Yeah. And if you think you're a Christian, if you're saying you're a Christian, but you don't have the innate sense that you want to please him and you want to do the things that please him, then unfortunately you have to ask yourself the question, Am I actually in a relationship with Christ? Yeah, and that's what I wrestled with, mm. I genuinely. And here's, here's the thing. I think that there are people right now in their cars and on the train or um, the even metro. the metro. Haggard's the metro. Just, um, there are people that are listening to this right now and genuinely the fear of, the spirit of the fear of the Lord is coming on them. And they're going, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm terrified. You know, what does the Bible say? Work out your salvation with fear and trembling, right? That's what's coming over people right now. What you feel 
is the fear of the Lord. And the fear of the Lord is reverence. And it's that moment where you realize God is holy. Hebrews says he's a consuming fire. He's so big. He's so holy. How could I possibly stand in, in his presence? Yeah. Right now, here's, here's the answer to the question your soul is asking right now. Repent. Mm. Like genuinely and maybe genuinely for the first time. Repent and repent. repentance means I'm done with sin. The whole thing, all of it. I'm done with loving the world. Yeah. I'm done with believing that it's going to satisfy me and I just want the Lord. Yeah, and when you say I'm done with sin, it's not that you'll never sin again. It's you're done with being okay with sin. Done with being okay with the presence of sin in my life and as much as I am able by the grace of God, yeah. I'm not doing it anymore. Yeah. You know, and I think what's going to come from that place is intimacy with God, the glory of God, the peace of God, the joy of the Lord is just going to so flood your soul. And I think that's what's missing in the church right now. We have all these Christians that don't have joy in the Lord because they're in sin. And it's like, well, you can't have both. Yeah, like David said, you know, restore to me the joy of your salvation. Yeah. Yes. Like, there's that. We're all stuck in that. Well, it seems like people are stuck in that moment before that prayer. They're, like, they're not yeah. praying that prayer. Yeah. And can I just say, like, I did not expect this to happen. Yeah. I, like, it's new for me. But here's the thing. God's been... <laughs> telling his people about revival for a long time. Yep. I feel like we are on the precipice of a move of God. Yep. And repentance, true repentance, is always what inaugurates a yep. move of God. And that's why we're calling our hearts to recalibrate. Mm -hmm. We're calling your hearts to recalibrate because we need to recalibrate the desires of our hearts back to Jesus, yeah. back to intimacy with him. As you said, the focus and the focal point for that has to be the word of God. Yeah. And what we've just read out, what we've talked about is from the word of God. Mm -hmm. And so this whole season is going to be about recalibrating the things that Christians do back to a pure motives as written in the word of God. Mm -hmm. And so the couple of things we're going to be working through every single week the next one, I'm so excited for the, for the next episode. I wish we could record it right now. Yeah, yeah. Um, we're going to talk about worship mm. and recalibrating the idea of worship back to as it is written in the Bible. Mm -hmm. And we're going to be joined by TK from City of Light. She's going to come in and, and help us uh, unpack that, which is awesome. We're going to recalibrate relationships. Mm. We're going to recalibrate alcohol and drugs. And that is an important one. And that's something that I've personally struggled with over mm -hmm. my walk. And I think it's, it's tough for 18, 19-year-olds when they're in this world that is so, you know, that so loves alcohol, that so loves that scene. Mm. How can actually, as a Christian, how can we live in this world through that? We're going to recalibrate meeting together. Mm -hmm. And during this time, that is so important to talk about. When we aren't meeting together, how should we think about meeting together? You know yeah. what I mean? How do we recalibrate what we perceive meeting together is? We're going to recalibrate giving and generosity, recalibrating reading the Bible, recalibrate serving, and recalibrate prayer. Oof. So this is ex all that is happening over the next, you know, six months, well, four months. Yeah. Um, and it's going to be wild. It's going to be crazy. But our prayer is that you will listen to each podcast with an open heart, that you'll go before Christ, before God in each episode and recalibrate your heart back to something that pleases him. Well, and let Jesus recalibrate your heart. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. 
I want to encourage people and say, this is what's in store for you. Yeah. Um, you are going to feel clean on the inside, a sense of freedom and purity because when we, when we're obedient to Jesus, suddenly Christianity feels right. As opposed to just knowing it's right. Yeah. It feels, it feels so good to be in love with Jesus, you know, <clears throat> sorry, some going in my throat there, not crying, but maybe I should be. Um, <laughs> it feels so good to have intimacy with the Lord. Yeah. I can honestly say I've never in my life felt this at peace. I've never felt this in love with Jesus. And all I want to do is spend time with him. Yeah, It's crazy. And that's what, like, if you're listening to this and, and you feel convicted, I am so excited because you know, if, if you really come into obedience with the Lord and say, you know what, I repent, I'm done. Like just recalibrate my yeah. heart, reset me, realign me. Yeah. I want to come into obedience with you and I want to just give my life completely to you, Jesus. Yeah. Man, he is going to rock your world. Yeah. I mean, I'm just so excited. You're talking about that peace. I just want to quickly read from Philippians yeah. 4, 7. It just says, And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, mm. will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Wow. Like that's what you're talking about. Amen. And that can be our reality. That can be your reality. So thank you so much for listening. Thank you, Dave, for coming on board today. And look, guys, we just, we just pray that you will join us as we journey together in allowing Jesus to recalibrate our hearts, to recalibrate our hearts from a life of loving the flesh and loving the world to a life where we're intimate with Christ no matter what. Mm. So thank you so much for listening. Our hope and our prayer is that everyone will be recalibrated based on this series, based on the Word of God. And remember that revival in this generation must start with a revival of our hearts.